Hello and welcome to part two of this interim podcast series between series one and two of Knowing When to Quit. So maybe you've already listened to part one, but just to recap, I wanted to reflect on some of my own experiences with quitting over the last 18 months, nearly two years now that I've been running this podcast. So part one, I looked at the experience of running the podcast itself and how I stayed motivated even when I wanted to quit. And part two is probably the most vulnerable to share. And I sent this to my editor and I was like, please listen to this and tell me if this this is self-indulgent or I sound like an idiot. And he was like, you know what? I think this is really good to share because it it is vulnerable and it is kind of the reality and behind the scenes of of the quitting journey that it can be messy and I think often when you're at the end of something you can look back and it looks quite clean and yes I decided not to go ahead with that and it's like a split decision but one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast was to talk about the real weight of indecision that being in that moment and just not knowing what the right thing is and can and seeing a million reasons why every outcome could be could be the right decision feeling ill-equipped feeling like you're changing your mind every day and I think it's a very 2021 post-pandemic experience I mean I what I'm going to share about which was um two big things that I wanted to commit to that felt like a full body yes that I was like yep this is what I'm doing and this feels really certain this feels really good that later really didn't and it was almost quite a shock to to have been so certain and yet with more information and and crucially with more experience lived experience of it I was able to realize it wasn't right and I do feel quite embarrassed putting this out because as I listen back I think gosh I seem so all over the place and making a different decision every day But I also know that some of those most vulnerable podcasts are the ones that when I listen to them, like from other people, I feel a sense of relief. I feel a sense of connection and like, oh, okay, it's not just me. (laughs) That is messy. So I, you know, as a podcast host, I'm often on the other side. I'm the one asking the questions. And today with this section, I'm sharing really honestly my kind of rawest, messiest self not knowing what to do with my life after the pandemic, feeling really lost, feeling really confused, having a million ideas. And I, yeah, I wanted to share what that process was like for me to make the decision to not carry on with two things that I had committed to, that I had publicly announced I was doing. And yeah, I think, I I hope that there is some some genuine genuineness in this or some some kind of integrity that that if you're listening and you're also feeling like your life feels messy and your decisions feel messy that it is okay and it is part of the process and there will be a moment when it feels really clear and that when it doesn't feel clear it's because there's not enough information yet and that you need to sit tight and not to rush not to rush having to make a decision on anything. There is time. So 
here's my episode of vulnerability <laughs> and um yeah i'd love to hear if you are having experiences like this as well and think just to be really you know privilege alert these are not high stakes these are not high stakes but they felt high stakes and they felt big and they felt important and i think sometimes that's the thing it's like these life decisions aren't always about that thing it's about what they represent and what they're bringing up about what's important to you and how much you trust yourself to make decisions so here is part two the bit where i share yeah the things i thought i was going to do and decided not to holding on letting go holding on So in part two, I wanted to share a couple of things that I tried out in the last 18 months. And I do consider them things I've quit because the intention of which I tried them out was was really wholehearted. The first of these two were my intention to move to Barcelona. And the backstory with Barcelona is that I spent a week there in 2020, February 2020, and just felt so great being in that city. I love Spain, I speak Spanish, it's a real second home for me. And I arrived in Barcelona after feeling quite frazzled from freelance life and a lot of work had just got cancelled. And I was a bit like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I went went to Barcelona to recharge and just had the most restorative week. And decided I'm going to come back here in March. I think I booked my flight for March the 25th, 2020. Yeah, good luck. To spend some time. I, I, I got an Airbnb lined up and was going to write my book and dance flamenco. And it all sounded very nice. I was very looking forward to it. Obviously, that wasn't to be. But I still, yeah, I still kind of had it as this thing that I, this like unfinished business. So around like, when was it? Kind of April, May, maybe of 2021 of last year. I, I brought this back as I talk about my carousel, the front of my carousel. And was like, maybe I want to go and live in Barcelona for a bit. It felt really exciting. I, there was something about being in Spain that made me feel like there was less pressure. I, I really love how I feel in Spain. I feel like a lot of that kind of London ambitious energy, which sometimes serves me, it just doesn't exist in the same way in Spain. So it, it, there is ambition, but not in, it's just, it's just like a different engagement with life. And I think there's certain points where I really need to be in the London energy and there's certain points that I really need to not be. And this was a time where I thought, I was gonna go and live in Spain. And obviously Brexit happened and I realized I could only go for 90 days without a visa or tourist visa. And um, I was, I, yeah, I sorted an Airbnb. I was gonna go out beginning of September and yeah, I was feeling really good about it. I found this really lovely apartment in Gracia, which is a, a, my favorite part of Barcelona. 
And interestingly, although I thought I could only stay for 90 days, the woman who I was renting the apartment off was a yoga teacher. And she said, oh, I'll just enroll you on my yoga school and you can get, you can get like a, a study visa and you can stay as long as you want. So it was all lining up for me to go and live in Spain. And it was feeling yeah, really exciting. It's like a new start after a really kind of, so I guess, I mean, you know, I, I, I had a lot of positive experiences during the lockdowns, but you were in one place and there is there was a sense of like ready to move on. So that was all lined up for me to go in September and spend some time there and, you know, run my business, my coaching and stuff from, from Spain. That was all feeling really good. And then in the summer of 2021, I got this amazing composing job and I have always wanted to be a composer. It's been that kind of, I don't know if you guys are listening, but I feel like there's always a dream that's like the dream dream rather than like the real dream, as in like, you know, I've had intentions within my business and stuff I wanted to achieve. And then there's always been this like, but I mean, obviously the dream would be to be a composer. Like that would be like, and sometimes it's nice to keep stuff as a dream because then you always have a dream. <laughs> it's an interesting thing. So I got some work um, composing some music for a new play that was going to be at Camden Fringe. And I just had the absolute time in my life. I was just in my element. And, you know, it was a, sh- it was a short-term, short-term gig. But I started thinking, like, I actually really want to do something more with this. And I looked at composing and musical direction, musical theatre masters. And I found one at Goldsmiths and I was living around the corner from Goldsmiths at this point. And I thought, okay, I'm going to apply. I'm going to apply for this like MA in composition and musical theatre at Goldsmiths. So I kind of had this thing where I was like, I'm kind of moving to Spain, but this also feels like a really exciting plan. And I quite like when I, when I'm applying for something I really want to do to have another option that's also really exciting so that energetically I'm not relying on it. It's quite a nice thing. I guess it's like, yeah, having like a backup a little bit. So I thought, you know, if I don't go onto this master's, I'm moving to Spain. So either way, <laughs> it's a great, great plan. And I got onto the master's and I noticed that I didn't feel that excited about it. I'd read a bit more about the course by this point, And I'd also spoken to someone who was now an M musical director at the West End, who'd done this course and didn't recommend it. So I was starting to feel a bit flat and you know, the desire to be a composer and work in that world, I wasn't sure if it was going to be met by going to this, yeah, by going to this master's. I decided to go to Spain anyway, but not to live, just to like, oh yeah, because in the meantime, I had to tell the Airbnb people like that I would let go of the flat because I was going to wait on this master's. So kind of started scaling back the Barcelona plan. I feel like there was a lot in flux and it might, I don't know how it sounds like, telling it now it seems like plans were changing every day and I I think it did feel a bit like that and I I think um it's often through living things and through experimenting that you that I work out what I need to do and I I wonder if other people are like that listening that it's that experiential interactions with the world and it's only through really trying to do things and you know actually putting yourself in these places and, and booking that Airbnb and applying for that course that you 
that you even know if it's right. Like when it's just an idea and it's abstract, you can have a whole bunch of feelings about it. But actually getting the acceptance or getting that flight, you know, you start to, something shifts and it's a bit more real and you can really connect with it. So I went to Barcelona and bear in mind I hadn't been back to Spain, I hadn't been abroad since before the pandemic. And I walked around the city and I felt really different to how I'd felt pre-pandemic. And it was interesting, I thought, I don't know actually if this is where I need to be right now. I don't know if Spain is the answer. And it's interesting I use the word answer because I think it did feel, feel a bit like that, that I was looking for something that was going to give me a jolt of energy after a really, what felt like quite a, oh, it's weird, isn't it, the pandemic? I was going to say monotonous, and it was monotonous, and obviously it was chaotic as well, but I think in terms of place, I think I had this feeling of like, I just need my environment to really change. But I went to Spain and the reality of walking around these streets and thinking, is this where I want to call my home? Something didn't connect anymore. And I was told I still hadn't completely confirmed the masters. The masters didn't start till October. So I was in Spain going, do I stay in Spain? Do I go back for a masters? Is there something else? And I felt in real turmoil, if I'm honest. It was a really difficult decision. I, I went then to San Sebastian in the north of Spain and really connected with that, that place. And I wondered maybe that's where I needed to go. And as soon as I realised that, the yoga teacher I was working with said, Sarah, you don't want our flat, do you, when we go back to Argentina? So again, this things are like stuff lining up and being like, okay, I actually could move here. And when you're actually given the, when something's not a dream anymore and someone actually says, here's the key to my flat, you could move in. You're really asked to face, like, is this what I want? And I had to do a lot of sitting with the, with the realities of, of these different lives that I could be living. And it felt very much like, you know, people have read the Midnight Library, like you've got all of these different options of there's the life where I moved to Spain and then there's the life where I, staying in the UK and do the masters and become a composer and there's a life where I do something completely different and I felt quite overwhelmed by by the options and the possibility and the the decision to to choose right the right thing and it felt felt quite overwhelming you know I did a lot of meditating on the beach walks talking to my sister and friends you know sitting with it forgetting it and and it was in the end I, I, it didn't feel right to stay in Spain. There was something, what I realised actually from that Spanish trip is that I often, when I go to Spain, really need a holiday. So the feeling of being in Spain is very restorative, but it's not necessarily somewhere I need to live full time. And that was a really freeing realisation. Like, oh, I love being in Spain. I love how it makes me feel to be here. But often it's because it's a contrast with what I've been living rather than what I need all the time. And I think that can be a real, it can be an interesting thing when you go on holiday that you can be like, I need to move here. There's a lovely bit in, um, in Liz Gilbert's Eat, Pray, Love where she's in Italy with her friend and her friend, she says, I think either she or her friend says, oh my God, I love it here so much. I want to come back here. And someone, one of them just says, you're here now. <laughs> just enjoy it but there's a sense of wanting to elongate prolong you know an experience that actually in that moment is what you need in that moment rather than for eternity so that was something I learned on that trip as well like 
what this is doing to me right now and and kind of calming my nervous system, giving me space is what I need right now, but it's not what I will need for six months. So that was quite freeing. I decided to take a punt on the masters. I spoke to the guy who was running it and I got a good feeling about it. And he said, you know, there's 14 people signed up. Um, and I just had this sense of like, we'll have a really lovely cohort and I'm going to meet some new people and it's going to be inspiring and it's going to be stimulating. And, you know, this is me working in a world that I've always dreamed of working in. It felt really positive. So I came back from Spain feeling really restored, feeling like I'd made this decision. I went to the masters and I was so excited. I felt like this was exactly what I needed to be doing. And I was really disappointed. I was, I was actually really heartbroken from it because I'd really, again, it's that thing of like, this is going to be the thing that, and it's, you know, it's a dangerous thing sometimes, like this is going to be the thing that makes my life meaningful, or this is going to be what, what pumps me up or gives, gives me the stimulus I need. And, and actually when I turned up, I felt really uninspired and I felt like the conversation that we got with the tutors was akin to a, the kind of dynamic I'd had at my state A-level college, where we were basically disencouraged from pursuing music as a career because it was so competitive. And a similar thing was coming up with these people. And I thought, oh, this is not, this is not inspiring to me to be told you know, it's very unlikely that you make it as a professional composer. And I thought this is not the high expectations and the, the kind of aspirations that I would want to pay money to be around. So I went for a week. You can go for a week for, a week for free before you're yeah, charged. So I was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to fully show up and I'm going to join the WhatsApp groups and I'm going to be a student here and I'm going to really like fully give it everything. But I'm also going to be honest and when I got to the end of that week, my whole body was like, this is not good enough. Like, this is not an environment that's going to support your learning. Like it's, you know, I met some other people. Where I was like, I don't know if these are really the kind of people I'm excited to spend a year with. Like there were only a couple of us composing. I think everyone else was producing. You know, it was, there were just some things where I thought, this isn't quite what I have in mind when I'm doing further education. My big worry was that if I didn't do this course, I would never pursue music. Like, you know, am I, without this course, will I, will I end up composing? And that was a fear, but I also felt that it wasn't the right environment for me. So I turned it down and I feel, yeah, I felt such a relief. And it seemed like quite, again, like, you know, going there and getting there and doing a week and meeting all the people and, but I know that if I hadn't gone, I would be wondering if I should have done it. And I know I can just, there's like no regrets. So I think sometimes it's really important to go there, to go to Spain, you know, to, to really just like almost audition that life and notice how your body feels. Notice if it's giving you what you think you need it to give you. Um, yeah, so that was, that was a really powerful experience, a really empowering experience actually to because I had to vote for myself in that decision. Like, if I want to make music, I'm going to have to do make music myself. And I s decided to 
do a bit of a 30 day challenge. I think my, again, my sister is always great inspiration for this stuff, but I decided to ask people to give me words. And then every day I picked a random word and composed some music around it. And I did this for about a month and it was just great. And I, I was like, you know what? I probably am doing more composing than if I'd done this masters, which was very academic about musical theater which I love, but I don't know if I want to write essays on musical theatre. I think I just want to sing and be and play in it. So again, it was just being with that energy of like, what did I want to create and how could I do that in another way? And, you know, around December time, a friend said, would you like to write some music for a musical I'm writing? So we ended up having, you know, a week or two where we were playing around with some songs. We did a whole day of like... Um, practicing it with some of her her friends who are actors and I just I thought this is just this is brilliant and I didn't have to pay ten thousand pounds to be in this energy I can create this myself so I think it's really yeah it's interesting sometimes to like lean on an institution to provide the structure but maybe the essence of what you're doing isn't quite what you need so yeah, really, it's interesting to reflect on both of those now, you know, a few, like six months later from that, seeing that both of them were, were things that felt really, really exciting and also weren't quite right. And I think it's okay to explore and to try stuff out and to, you know, I meet people all the time who have these dreams that they haven't fulfilled filled and sometimes it is just about like trying it on and maybe maybe it's enough to satiate that dream to do like a bit of it to do a week of it you know it's sometimes it's like okay I've like been in that vibe and been in that environment and that is enough holding on letting go holding on Thank you so much for tuning into part two of the solo cast series there is also a part three which is around beautiful endings and how i used ritual to bring some projects to a close over the last few months thanks so much for listening and see you soon bye